So let me start this morning by saying Happy New Year. I know you're excited about having a new year and a fresh start. Seems like all of us like a new start, and all of us take advantage of the new start in a new year. You know I'm going to ask you the obvious question. How many resolutions have you made for this year? Are you a resolution, a New Year's resolution person? Whether you call it a resolution or you call it a goal, are you one of those who set some kind of parameter about, or some kind of a a, a hope for the coming new year? I know I am. I always seem to set goals or resolutions, and you know, I can make it about a month, maybe two, and then they usually fall off, and I'm making the same next year, um, just maybe expanding it a little bit. Even those that I'm able to keep, I seem to want to expand the next year and try to get better on. I want to have a good start to the year. I want to have a good start to every week. I want to have a good start to every day. Getting off to a good start is critically important. So we've named this new series, A Good Start, simply to try to figure out how it is that we can get an advantage, how we can have a good start to every day, to every week, to every year. How do we get a good start? Life is crazier than ever. There's no doubt about it. More chaotic, busier in all kinds of ways. And getting off to a good start each day has never been more important than it is today. So we're going to talk about four habits that we believe can help us all to get a good start. Now let me say up front, uh, we've not perfected all of these things. I'll tell you the truth, I'm, I'm talking uh, some out of experience, but mostly out of what I'm hoping for or longing for wanting to achieve in the coming year. I want to have a good start, but it's often not easy, right? So four habits that we're going to be talking about, and we want to talk about them from a more practical standpoint than theoretical standpoint. I think you're going to agree and know that all of these things would give us a good start, but the problem is, how do we actually do it? What does it take to be consistent? How is it that we take it from the paper to our hearts? How do we take it off of just writing on our, beyond writing it on our calendar to actually living it in our lives? That's what we want to talk about for the next four weeks. Now we're starting with the habit that I think all of us would agree is necessary and yet all of us struggle with, and that is the habit of prayer. A regular time, a daily time of consistency in prayer. What does it take to have that consistent prayer life? Every time I think that I've come to a point where I'm somewhat satisfied with my prayer life, I realize it could be better. So every time I get to the point that I think I've made some progress, when I evaluate carefully, I realize, oh, no, no, I'm so far behind in this particular area of my own life. And so I've been asking the question for the last several weeks in my own heart, what does it take to grow and be consistent in my prayer life? Now, I don't know where you are in prayer. <clears throat> Maybe you're, a, you're not a follower of Christ. Maybe you're just tuning in and, and you're looking to, to see about this Christian experience. Maybe you don't know about prayer. Maybe you don't know how to pray. And, 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 or maybe you're here and you've been praying for years or you've been a follower of Christ for years and your level of prayer is at a level that's unusual to most people. I don't know where you are today, but I do know this. All of us have an opportunity with this fresh start to the year to seek to take prayer to the next level. Wherever we are, whether we are just a beginner in prayer, take it to the next level. Whether we've been praying for years, take it to the next level. Whether we are praying consistently for a long, take it to the next level. That's what I want to talk about this morning. 
So what does that look like? Well, I've, I've arrived with three words that I hope will help you. I think three key elements to a consistent prayer life. And, and these three key elements I, we find in Scripture, and I'll refer to those passages of Scripture. I'm going to kind of jump to three different passages to unpack, and, and we'll talk about these three words. I've, I've, I've had them each begin with a D just to help you to memorize it a little bit, to help you to remember this a little bit as we go through the year. So there's three key words that I find in Scripture. The first word is desire. The second word is devotion. And the third word is determination. So let's talk about that just a minute. First of all, let's talk about desire. We have to have a desire to pray. When we pray, it is out of a desire. Now, sometimes I'm afraid it doesn't make it there. Sometimes I'm afraid our prayer life is more of a ritual. It's more of an item on a to-do list, a checklist, than it is something born of desire. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, Jesus is, is approached by his followers. Now, these followers have been watching him for a while in ministry. They've been watching his characteristics. They've been watching his habits. And, and, and after a time of prayer, which was a regular habit for him, which, by the way, itself speaks to the need of this. He's been a regular habit of prayer. Here's what his disciples approach him with one day. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, He, that is Jesus, was praying in a certain place, and when he finished... One of the followers said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples to pray. Now, there's a couple of things that strike me with that question. First of all, I'm pretty sure those disciples, those Jewish men, those Jewish followers had some idea about prayer. The, the, the Jewish religion has a lot to do with prayer. There are regular prayer times, hours of prayer, um, habits of prayer, positions of prayer, etc. So I'm pretty sure they knew a little bit about prayer. I think what they're really asking is, Lord, we want to know more. We've we got this desire to pray. But when we watch you, when we watch John's disciples, we see that we're behind in this matter. Can you teach us there's a desire there. And whether they intended it or not, I'm pretty sure these men, these followers are showing us the importance of desire in prayer. True prayer has to start with a true desire. And so you say, but Pastor Eddie, the problem is, what if I don't have that desire? <clears throat> what if that's just not there? Well, then we need to consider our own situation. We need to consider our own hearts and see where we stand. One thing we know, that we, we, we are... At a new birth, at our new birth, at our conversion, we have a desire to pray, but sometimes that desire can be stamped out. Sometimes it can, it can be pushed aside. Sometimes it can be uh, oppressed in our own hearts. So we need to think about this matter of desire. Now, I believe that desire, in many of these habits we're talking about, and starting with prayer, desire is fed by an understanding of the why of prayer. In other words, our desire comes in part from what we experience, what we know, it comes at least in part by understanding the why, the why we pray and the what of prayer. Now, we'll talk about the how, but the why and the what are important because that brings desire in our hearts for prayer. So very important that we understand that. So what is the why and the what of prayer? Why should I pray and, and, and what does prayer 
do to benefit my life? How does prayer start my day in good fashion? Why pray? So uh, as I was pondering this last few weeks, the, the Spirit just seemed to give me a, an acrostic. Now, I don't work well with acrostics, and I'm not big on them, but sometimes they do help me to remember things. And so as I'm praying, I'm thinking about a certain acrostic. I'd like to share it with you this morning. And I'm going to use the word pray as the acrostic. First of all, P. I think the important thing about the P in prayer, I, I know you're, it's tempting to go with petition, right? Because we all think about prayer, we think of petition or asking God of something. But this P I'm going to talk, call presence. Presence. Because I'm convinced that, that prayer is important to be reminded of the presence of God. Prayer is simply talking with God. And as we talk with God, then we must be present with Him and He must be present with us. When I come to the table to pray, when I bow at the chair to pray, wherever it is that I find to pray, I'm reminded of the presence of God in my life, the presence of God in my walk, and that I am about to spend some moments communicating with Almighty Creator God. And that in itself ought to bring some desire to our hearts. R. P is presence. R is rhythm. I'm convinced that that rhythm of prayer, that, that, that a, a healthy rhythm of prayer brings about a healthy rhythm of life for us. A healthy rhythm of prayer brings us into the presence of God, reminds us of the presence of God, reminds us of the power of God, and establishes a way for us to communicate with our Father. A healthy rhythm of prayer keeps me plugged into my power source, if you will. It keeps me plugged into the source of my life and strength. Now, I'm not talking about hanging on for salvation here. I'm talking about the, the rigor of a daily walk with Christ, a daily following of Christ is rigorous and thus is keeps me plugged in to my power source. Now, what do I mean by rhythm of prayer? I think when we think of prayer and a rhythm of prayer, we need to see it as a combination of two things. First of all, structured prayer and spontaneous prayer. Now, we need both. Some of us tend to one way or the other but really, it's not an either-or, it's a both-and situation. You see, we need both. We need, for instance, structured prayer. A time where we daily establish prayer. Now, I'm telling you, I've not perfected this by any means, but I have been at it long enough to know that when I miss that structured time, the spontaneous time is weakened. You have structured time. I'm talking about a time when we set daily to structure for prayer, whether that's first thing in the morning or first thing in the evening when you get up, whether that is um, later in the day, whether it's just before you go to bed, whether it's whatever it might be for you, but a structured time, a daily time and place of prayer, a place that's helpful, not necessary, that place can change, but it's helpful. Structured prayer, where we do things, use things like, for instance, the Bible. One way of structurally praying or praying according to this structure is to take your Bible and to pray the promises of God. If you haven't tried that, I challenge you to try it. Try it out for a while and look at the promises of God and pray that scripture. A great place to go to for beginning is in the Psalms. Look at the Psalms and, and, and pray through those Psalms as the psalmist is praying. It'll bless your heart. 
<laughs> and, or, or maybe it's the use of lists, you know, a written prayer list, or, or, or maybe, maybe it's the use of, of certain books or devotionals. You know, some people choose and like a devotion that they're reading through and they're praying through. Maybe it's the use of <clears throat> patterns of some kind that you praise Him and, and then you repent and, and then you ask Him. These acrostics are everywhere, these patterns that sometimes help us with structured prayer. What I want you to see is structured prayer is good. However, I think along with that, a healthy rhythm brings in spontaneous prayer. That is prayer at the moment, at the moment when we need that prayer. It might be as we're walking into a test. It might be as we're going into a doctor's visit. It might be as we're going to have a hard conversation with a friend. It's those times when we just need spontaneously to pray. I heard somebody one time call spontaneous prayers popcorn prayers, where you just pop in and pop out. Now, I don't know if I like that or not, but the idea is good, and that is that we spontaneously pray. John Piper, one of my favorite writers, says it well. He says, The true rich fruit of spontaneity grows in the garden that is well tended by the discipline of schedule. And I like that. Chew on that a little bit. Piper, I think, is absolutely right. If we want the fruit that comes from spontaneity, it's born, it's watered in the discipline of schedule. A, pray. A is awareness. That is, as we come to pray, it is so important to understand that as we come in this awesome prayerless presence of God, we are aware of that presence. Also, I'm aware. I want to be aware of God's power. I want to have an awareness of my own need for prayer. I want to have an awareness, and a healthy awareness of where I am in life right then. Prayer helps bring me to that point. And then the last one, pray, P-R-A-Y, is yield. You see, prayer is where we yield to the presence and the power of God in our life. Yielding is where every day we begin our, our day, whether it's in early in the morning or late in the evening, we begin our day by yielding to the presence and power of God. Yielding to God's will and God's way in our life. You see, we, we pray. We've learned to pray our prayer and then say at the end, in Jesus' name we pray. Now, there's a lot to that, but among the things that that means is it's not just a, 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 a copied signature that we put at every prayer. It is a yielding. It is saying, I'm yielding to the name and to the power and to the will of Jesus my Savior. So just a simple little way to think about the why of prayer. It is a reminder of God's presence. It is a rhythm that brings a healthy response to in our life. It is an awareness of who we are, what our needs are, and who He is, and what His power is. And it is a yielding, a moment of yielding to Him. Very, very, very important. Because you see, desire and understanding the why of prayer will drive us to devotion. Our second word. Devotion. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, Paul writes these words. He says, devote yourself to prayer. Now that's found in a lot of places in Scripture. Devote yourselves to prayer. The early church, it was said, were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. He says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Having a desire to pray is one thing. Actually engaging prayer is something all together different. We have a desire, and then that desire must lead us to a place of devotion, where we are devoted to prayer. That is, we are regular, and we are consistent in our prayer time. But as you know, and I know, that often starts well, but doesn't always end well. As a matter of fact, I want to say this, devotion will not prevent us from failure. 
Devotion to prayer will not prevent you from failing. So I'm just going to tell you, and I don't mean to be negative, I just want to be honest, that the chances are, as you set your heart at this fresh year for a deeper desire and devotion in prayer, you're apt to fail. <laughs> but don't quit. Don't just throw it all away and, 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 and forsake it. No, no. What we do is we determine to continue. Devotion will not prevent us from failure, but failure is defeated by determination. Our third and final word, determination. Here's what Paul says to the Roman church. He says, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, and be persistent in prayer. Persistent. If you're like me, you find that from time to time you fall into a rut and, and then you get in this rut and you get tired of, what the, uh, of trying to get out of this rut or you get comfortable in the rut and, and, and your prayer time begins to dwindle. Your prayer life begins to slip away. And even though you are devoted and even though you have a desire, you just can't somehow pull it off. What happens? Well, I think we're at a clear disadvantage when it comes to our prayer life. First of all, the devil hates prayer. And I'm convinced we'll do everything he can. We'll battle intensely to keep you from prayer. Anything that he knows is good for you, he's going to try his best to counteract. So you can just understand that. Secondly, our own flesh does not even naturally love it. You see, what we love to do, what we naturally want to do is depend on our own ability. We want to achieve independence and think, I can handle the problems of, of my finances. I can handle my job situation. I can handle this illness. I can handle all of this. I'm strong. That's our natural tendency. And yet in reality, that's just not true. God calls us to depend upon Him and to trust in Him. Our own flesh does not even naturally love it. Therefore, growth in prayer takes an ever-renewed discipline, determination. Because we have a desire and because we're devoted to this thing called prayer, there is a determination factor that has to enter the picture. You must be determined and not deterred. So here's my takeaway. I want to give you a takeaway from all this, and I'm going to give you my plan for 2023, because I'm striving in this area. Here's the takeaway. Remember this. Time spent in prayer is never time wasted. <clears throat> time spent in prayer is never time wasted, whether it's an hour or whether it's a minute. Whether it's 30 minutes or whether it's 30 seconds, time spent in prayer, structured or spontaneous, is never time wasted. So how do we take advantage of this gift of prayer, this gift of communication with God? How do we do that and affect it in our lives? Simple plan, 2023 for Eddie. I want to share with you, not because I'm just great at this, but because I'm seeking this in my own heart and life. I'm coming back to my acrostic just a minute. I, I believe that we have to, if we want to increase our prayer, if we want to grow in our prayer life, we have to evaluate my practice of prayer honestly now. Where am I now? And what will it take to move me to a whole new level? Four things that I'm trying in my heart. First of all, I want to reinforce the why of prayer time. That's the P, right? I, I want to reinforce the why. I want to remind myself frequently why I'm praying. I'm praying because it is the power of God that works in my life, because I enjoy being in His presence. There is a, a joy, there is a peace, there is a satisfaction in His presence. And that I want to fuel my desire so that I go there more often. Second, the R. 
rhythm. I want to commit to find a rhythm of prayer that provides a good blend of structured and spontaneous prayer. It seems to me that I always want to go one way or the other. In the new year, I'm striving for a rhythm, a balance in structure and spontaneity. A, I want to keep a journal, a prayer journal. Now, I'm just not good at that. And some of you are like, I can't believe you're saying that. I'm not. I've just not been good at that. But I want to keep a prayer journal. And why? Because I want to be reminded often of the awareness of what God's doing in my life. I want to, to increase the awareness of what God is doing. Sometimes I just take it for granted. I don't want to do that. And why? Frankly, I want to quietly and audibly yield myself to the Heavenly Father every day in 2023. Quietly, yes, but also audibly declaring it so that I know I have accountability. So just a little bit about prayer and the habit of prayer this morning. I hope it's been helpful to you. I hope it helps you get off to a good start. More is coming. We're excited about the next three weeks. I hope you will plan to join us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we've had this morning, this afternoon, whenever we're watching. I thank you, Father, that you hear us and that you desire to communicate with us, commune with us. And so, God, strengthen us, help us, teach us to pray. Teach us to move to the next level in prayer and to have a good start to each day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.